0: Welcome to No Time to Waste, the podcast that inspires and motivates us to maximize our moments. I'm your host, Allison Haddon. I'm battling terminal cancer, but I'm focused on living my best life as my best self every day. Join me as I chat with resilient adventurers, seekers, trailblazers, and exceptionally good humans as we explore what it means to live fully because there's no time to waste for all of us. Modern Voice of all hard things, Nora McInerney, aka Nora Borealis is back for the conversation I originally envisioned when I first put her on my dream guest list for the podcast months ago. So consider this part two of our chat. Remember, Nora knows what it's like to get dealt a crappy hand. At 31, her unborn baby, father, and husband all died within the course of six weeks. She shared her experience in her 2018 TED Talk. We don't move on from grief, we move forward. She wrote two best-selling memoirs. She started the Young Hot Widows Club, along with the nonprofit Still Kickin', and she now hosts the podcast Terrible Thanks for Asking. Unlike our first exchange, this time Nora and I were actually in person together, socially distanced, of course, and I got to ask the hard questions about what it was like from the partner's perspective to be there for her first husband, Aaron, through his terminal diagnosis, and a few years later, watch him die from brain cancer. But it wasn't all tears and sadness. Our conversation was just real. It was vulnerable and it was full of emotion. As Nora shared her experience with wit and vulnerability and realness in the way that only she can do, while I got honest about some of my biggest fears. All while a wedding was going on nearby that we ended up happy to not be invited to. Here's part two of my conversation with Nora McInerney for No Time to Waste.
1: Allison Haddon, I've watched two people die two of the people that I love the most in this world and I will tell you that it is it was worse for us than it was for them and they were peaceful and they were uh they were okay and because they were okay I was okay and it made me watching it I was if you you had brought up earlier in our, in our conversation, which was not recorded to the immense, you know, disappointment of, of our, of our listeners, but like you brought up like your death anxiety. I spent most of my life being afraid of not being here. Death is the the most extreme form of FOMO that we have. Uh, We are, we are going to miss out on everything. And for some reason i I just thought, "Oh no, we don't, and it's not as good. I'm not going to pretend like, oh, we're like it's the same, like Aaron's here, no, 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 it, having him here was much better. Having my dad here, I strongly prefer it, and also watching it happen, I thought, I have nothing to fear. They are not afraid. This is like a next beautiful step and I also don't want it. And also they are okay with it. And also they are going somewhere I can't go. And it is hard. It's hard to watch somebody that you love not be able to be themselves. And I think a person that you should talk to is, um, I uh, I'm just going to do a, a, a shameless, shameless plug, Um, have you read the book that good night by Sunita Puri? No, she's a palliative care doctor. People see her coming into their hospital room and they're like, Oh God, no, 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 Because people think of death as giving up. Uh, people think of death as a defeat. And I don't think about that anymore. I just don't, I don't think about it as like the antithesis of life. I think about it as like the continuation of life and, or the next step of life. And that sounds bananas. I'm not extremely, you know, I don't have like a big religious life. I don't have, you know, a big like sort of wooishness to me. And yet the thing that made the most sense to me, I was there for Aaron's last breaths was like, oh, I, I literally just remember thinking, oh, and now this. And being there was like peeking through a keyhole. And also I remember him saying Haddon, um, when he was told in the ER, like, you know, there's really nothing more we can do. We're gonna call hospice, go home. And I remember him saying they were like, How do you feel about that? And I remember him looking up and going, Well, I don't wanna die, but I guess if I have to. <laughs> and I just think like well, yeah, like no one wants to. Um, and so that's why like, even our first conversation, like when I'm like, I don't know why you're talking to me, Elf, and I haven't had to do what you are doing. Like you're the brave one. You're the strong one. You are the good one. And when people tell you like, oh, but we're all dying. You can tell them, fuck off, because some of us really are, you idiots. Like, some of us really are. Some of us, you know, some of us are watching the train come ta- come down the tracks while we're tied to it, like like a Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon. And, and some of us are like, oh, yeah, well, Circle of Life, like, F off with that stuff. So it... <laughs>
0: I just don't feel very brave. Like, I definitely, if I'm really honest about it, everyone's been like, oh my God, like everything's kind of blowing up no time to waste. And like, you know, you're scoring these guests and I'm like talking to Lance Armstrong the other night going like, whose life is this? And like, you know, I've just been staying distracted and staying in the moment and enjoying. And I've been working very hard and just going, is there anything wrong with this moment right now? No. No then why would I be worrying about the future? Is there anything wrong with this day? No, look at this, I'm in this like beautiful place. We got to hang out together. We just snuck into a wedding, which is a whole nother situation.
1: Um, All four listeners need to know this, that the thumping you hear is a COVID super spreader wedding. And there, they were here at a wedding, there was an area mask and, uh, and we watched from a distance and we judged, we judged hard, we judged decisively. We said, wow, I hope you enjoy this. You know, as the numbers shoot through the roofs and then we got out. We got out. Did Allison sneak closer to the wedding than me? Absolutely. Um, am I uh, unable to sneak? You did a terrible job. I tried. Yes, thank you. Thank you for noticing. Um, when I say like you're the brave one, I feel like I also I am glad that we get to have this sort of like redo conversation because I do know that people project a lot onto you the same way people projected a lot onto Aaron, the same way I probably projected a lot onto Aaron. And when people are like, yeah, no time to waste is doing great. Good for you. Like, you know, what they're, what they also probably should be acknowledging is um, it's because you have no time to waste. You know, I get a lot of like, I just, I don't know how you
0: do it. I would have just, and I'm like, well, what are my other options? Like, tell me what my other options are. And she was like, you know what your other, you know what i would be doing? She's like, I'd be in bed being like, F it. I'm not, I'm not getting up. There's, I don't, I don't feel like it. And I was like, okay. I was like, that feels worse to me. So like, I'm just being selfish and doing the stuff that actually feels good. And for me, staying busy, but also I am so terrified of losing my brain power that while I have it right now, especially if it's souped up a little bit because of excitement or meds or for whatever reason, I wanna suck all the juice out of my brain right now and I wanna do it. And if I also physically feel better because the chemo is working, like, I mean, chemo still is annoying. It's not like you know, tomorrow I probably will be like, oh yeah, chemo feels great. <laughs> uh, Cause I just had it on Tuesday, but it's working and i'm ready to go and i recognize that what i've learned in this whole process especially the last six months is like i don't know what next month's going to bring i don't know what three months from now and i get my next scan going to bring so if i feel good right now and my brain is firing on all cylinders i'm going full send, yeah. right i'll i'll sit and stew and stuff and cry and like do whatever or watch netflix all day or I'll do that stuff when I don't physically feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to waste any moment that I have right now with my brain feeling strong and my body feeling strong. So, you know, I'm just staying moving and staying grateful and finding joy in all the little things. Like I'm not kidding. What has brought me the most joy in the last 48 hours? It's your hours swap,
1: isn't it? Is the- isn't it? Yes, God, there
0: it. Is. I knew it. I bought it. I bought, you knew it. It's a $3.99 little baby stuffed sloth that I bought at the first gas station stop, one of only two. It's this little baby sloth who clips onto my mirror in my car, and he's my little buddy, and we traveled through three states together, and every time I look at him, I literally would just light up. And I kept sending pictures to people being like, look at us now. Oh, look at us now. Oh, look, there's mountains. And, like, he was, like, my travel buddy. Okay. I'm going to ask you some serious questions. Okay. And I'm sorry if this brings up sex. No, stuff. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready
1: to cry. Crying. It's been it's been lodged in my chest all day.
0: Wait. Wait well, I don't I, – nobody said crying because I'm just eating okay. and I don't necessarily feel like crying.
1: But, um, no,
0: like you said, when you described basically, you know, Aaron and your dad passing and those moments – and you said that they, they weren't scared mm-hmm. and that made you not scared. Like that brings me a lot of comfort.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Is it though? So instantly though, and I'm not trying to be insensitive, but like I go, well, isn't it also, cause they were both on like a lot of drugs.
1: Oh, I don't know if my dad was actually. Aaron oh. was on morphine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I was probably a little conservative with it. Cause I was like, I don't want you to get addicted to morphine as you're dying. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, let him have it for God's no. sake. But my dad, I don't think was because he was a recovering addict and I'm pretty sure he was pretty strict about that. Even up to his death, which is bananas to me. Um, so maybe it's that, but even if it is good, right? Like peace yeah. is peace. However you find it. And I don't know. Sometimes I've gotten extremely high and been like, "Wow, I am connected to the heartbeat of the universe." And for sure I felt that in all kinds of states of life, not necessarily altered ones or chemically altered ones, and um and they also just had like before my dad was when we knew he was dying, but before he came home to die, I remember sitting on his hospital bed. And I just, I don't know, I was like trying to squeeze meaning out of the moment. And he was like, we just, we never really leave one another. And like the subtext of that was like, relax, like relax. And he was a deeply Catholic person. I am not. And I just remember being like, that's not good enough. It's not good enough. I want you. I don't want this other version of you. And I don't, so, so I don't know. And and that's also kind of the The worst thing about death is like, no one escapes to tell you how it goes.
0: Except Aaron did talk through that chick. He did. To
1: you. He did. I believe that. Mm -hmm. And I got two visits from two mediums. And I do believe 100% like that the times that I sensed him, he was absolutely there. And I do believe there are certain characteristics that the baby that I have with Matthew, who's my current husband for, for listeners who don't know, he has no genetic tie to Aaron, obviously. And this, I had spoken to this medium who was like, well, Aaron is hanging out with three babies. She did not know I was pregnant. This was like a remote, like I was interviewing her about something else. And she was like, I just have something to tell you. And she was like, I have this vision of Aaron and he's hanging out with three babies. And, 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 and I can't tell who that one of them is the baby that you lost. And I knew that the other one was the baby that I was having. And the third one was a, a, a friend's nephew who had died the same day Aaron did, who was in the process of dying of a very rare disease. And I, she had said, like, will you I, – I know this is strange. Will you tell Aaron to look out for him? And I said, Aaron, Jamie wants to know will you look out for Bryce? And he said, of course I will. Like, of course I will. And he, like, pretended to, like, kiss a little baby head – And I just thought, Mm -hmm. of course, that's Aaron, like hanging out with like the baby we lost and hanging out with this other baby and like hanging out with the spirit of the baby who's inside me, like waiting for that baby to appear. And in that sense, I don't know, like I do still feel him as a part of my life. Like he still has a presence. And part of it is that, it no, it has not been that long. It's been six years. That's not that much time. And also he's here I don't know how to explain it in a way that doesn't make me sound nuts but I just feel like this is he's still a part of my life he's still like a, a person who is in my life and 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 I don't it's know a yeah it's like and if you don't believe in a spirit or a soul like you're lying or you're misunderstanding it because like what makes you you it's not your body. It's not like the mechanics of your brain, right? Like those are just synapses firing. It's something else. And it's something that's like it, it, mysterious and magical and spiritual and, and mis- no one understands it. No one has figured out like what that is that makes you, you. And it is it a, comp- a recipe that is so specific to who you are. There's not been another Allison had it there's not been another you. There will not be another you. And, and so there's just no way I can believe that like, that's it. Like, yeah. I just don't. And also like, we talked about like death. It's like FOMO. Like, of course, because like Ellison like, it's not going to be, it's not going to be this. Right. And so, but this is all we've known in our conscious minds, this is all we've known. And so we think like, well, will there be lint classic milk chocolate? Cause if not like budget. And so what will yeah. it be? And, and so I don't believe it as a location. I believe it as like a, as a feeling, I believe it is. I had had this moment. I was so, and it, maybe it was in the first book, maybe it was in the second book. I don't remember. I was out for a run. And it was just like one of those days where, I, I was running, which is very strange. I don't do that anymore. But at the time I did it because watching Aaron's body not work the way it was supposed to made me want to just do anything with my body, anything my body was capable of. And if I ran, I could cry and no one could tell.
0: If I'm honest, right, when I hear things like you say, when I watch physically his limitations and I see how little he's able to do, I just want to be able to do it as a lifelong athlete and someone who at some point, my gosh, I thought my physical body and my physical ability was the most important thing Mm -hmm. until I had the brain tumor. And then I realized, Oh dear God, like cut off my arms and legs. Just make, make, just make sure my brain functions. Mm -hmm. Right. I have a lot of fear around, losing physical strength around becoming dependent upon someone else. You talked about in your first book of like coming home and having to kind of, you know, Aaron sleeping all day and you scooping up, you know, underneath his armpit and kind of helping him to the, the kitchen or the living room or wherever anybody was hanging out. and him making the joke going pathetic. And you're like, you're not pathetic. And he's like, not me, you're pathetic. You. He's like, I weigh 20 pounds and like you can't even like help me to the kitchen. Yeah. Which like, I just I love, I love hearing those stories of humor, right, yeah. amidst all of it. But the reality is, is I go in my head, I picture myself and I picture myself physically weak. And um, I like to be the hero. I like to be the strong one. I like to be the helper. Um, I don't like to be dependent on other people. And um, again, it's a lack of control and me not being able to have a crystal wall and picture what it's going to be like.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I'm just really scared to become, uh, become weak physically. Um, and that I'm really scared to more importantly than that, what trumps that is I'm really scared to lose myself mentally mm-hmm. um, and the potential impact of that on other people in my
1: life. Yeah. I think that taking care of people you love is love. Like that is the act of love is love is, is a verb and that's how we do it. And I didn't think about it for a minute. There's nowhere else I would rather be. And it was, Oh, the, the toast have started. Oh, nope, the that's wedding. the DJ. Sorry, the DJ has started. Yeah, okay. the DJ started. Oh, wow. we to get this party started. Right. Uh, cool. Katie and Luke got married. No one's wearing a mask.
0: Mask. What the fuck? It's a super spreader wedding. <laughs> Make sure you cheer. <laughs> They're cheering. They're yeah. cheering. Yeah, that's true. I'll be inside I'm, as I've been the I'm entire time. I'm gonna get kicked to out of this fancy store.
1: hotel. I won't do that to you. But um Oh wow. Yeah. We have really laser lights. It. Ladies and gentlemen, we have laser lights. Um yeah, nobody, no makes, nobody wants to be taken light. care of. Nobody wants to be somebody's yeah. um and also like that that is love. Like that's what it is. And It won't feel that way to anyone who loves you. It will not be a burden. It is an honor. And also, while you can, you have to have these conversations that feel too hot to touch. Conversations where you say, "This is what life is. This is what makes life meaningful to me." This is something. By the way, this is what my dad said to us right away. He went home to go do hospice in the in the ICU. They were like, "Uh, "Okay, so here, your dad's going to need help with this and this." And he looked at us and was like, "Fuck no, like." no. And then he went home and died that day because he would rather die than have us wipe his butt. And that was his his thing. He was just like, hell no. Wait, what? Literally? And he died that day? He was like, goodbye. Like, just turned off. But he was like, okay with it? He was... I mean, honestly, like they were like, yeah, you probably have a couple months of, we were like preparing for a long haul hospice, went home and he was like, farewell and said his beautiful goodbyes. And so I think part of it is that I don't know how people die. My dad died elegantly. He died.
0: I'm not doing that. Like I'm not doing some like. You know, people are spoon feeding me, no, and, and I can't. To,
1: like, by the way, you have to say all these things. You like, have to sit with your partner, with your parents, and say, "I know this will be hard for you. Here are things I don't want. I will not put up with. Here are things that will yeah. hurt you, but are the facts you need to have that notarized. You need to have it signed. And what you are doing is you are giving them. Hard to find a notary. You are giving them the gift of not having to guess, of being able to be like, no, 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 no. This is what hadn't wanted. This is not us." Because this is what hadn't wanted. We're going to execute her wishes, not our own. Because if it were us, we would just sort of like keep her in a semi-animated state and 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 weekend at Bernie's. Her, we all would. And. <laughs> and and that's not that going to fly. And so, and if it's... If, don't, don't you dare put me in that Hawaiian shirt. I would never, I would never. And I'm not saying your parents would do it, but I'm saying it's too risky.
0: I don't know what you would do. I know. We are now in a, I have no idea. We like don't my know. guesses on poor McInerney have been thrown out.
1: We don't mouth. know. We don't know. And no. that's the thing. You can't leave anything to guessing. So you have to say like a funeral um, here's, here's, you are not allowed to play wind beneath my wings. You are allowed to play this. Aaron already had a playlist. God bless him. Uh, Aaron. Oh, was- I, already, I, have, I have, like, don't worry yes, about good, that. good, He's good,
0: like, good, we'll good, 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 good,
1: good, 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 good. And you have to say to your family, I, I want to be at home period, or I don't want, I don't want you to be the person who takes care of me. I want you to be my wife, not my nurse, or I want you to be my wife and the person who takes care of me, or I want you to be my mom. And and I also I want to hire a I want you to hire a person who has no direct connection to me to do everything. And I want you to be there holding my hand and making sure that I don't look absolutely insane. Like those are the I don't want a nurse. Yeah, I don't want any of this. You don't want a nurse? I know. And also I had to talk to Aaron. I had to say, like, I I, I, there's, there were certain things we had very strict boundaries, but who could and could not do things. And I told him, I will do all of this. Like I will do it happily. I will do it. I'm not going to blink. Are you kidding me? I am here. I'm a ride and die with you. And we, and, and, and so like, that was it. And other people wanted to help. And I was like, sorry, he picked me. He picked my brothers. That's it. No one else is doing this stuff. And, and knowing that I was like, this is exactly right. And when I told him, you know, my brothers can't be here all night. I do need to sleep a couple hours a night. Can I hire this person, a home health aide? He was like, yes, yes. And she was wonderful. And I cherish her to this day. And it's like, that was a line because he didn't want that to be something that his mother had to do. And he didn't want that I to be. Want- I know. I don't want any of that. I know. I want to
0: be strong and healthy. and I want to race again. And I yeah. want to like be fit and. I don't, I don't want to be a sick patient that dies. And it's really hard for me to wrap my head around that and think about what that looks like. And think about the help that I'll need that is as strong as my, my constitution is, although that's a weird way of saying it. Like, I'm gritty and I'm resilient and I'll fight to the fucking death. But uh, my body will fail me at some point. And um, it's just really hard for
1: me to wrap my head around. that. hadn't because it's horrifying. Because it's it's ridiculous. Because you did the right things and you uh, you you treat people well and Not you, all the time. and and because you're young and because it is bullshit and it's a bad yeah. deal. Like it's a yeah, bad. It Deal. I am sorry. Look at all the villains in our world who are still alive. I are know. you kidding oh, uh, me?
0: Kidding me? I know. I know.
1: Oh, uh, I know you don't.
0: But know I have to that. say, like, I don't. The things that make me feel better, though, when you talk about just those those moments of watching Aaron pass over to the other side, and watching your dad and. You telling me that they weren't scared and that they were okay and um, I've been thinking a lot about like what happens after and you know I I even if it's a fairy tale or it's a you know I, I've been holding on and letting myself fantasize about what it would be like and the, some of the things that bring me comfort are the people that we've lost that I'm like, I'll get to go hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And Katie Couric just posted something on Instagram like last week, and it was an image of Alex Trebek, which I'm still like literally like I'm grieving.
1: Like, I oh my God, Aaron loved that. Alex Trebek. I was so sad.
0: Yeah. No, so, like I have posted about him on Instagram for like fucking two years. Um, basically, like it was an image of Alex Trebek talking to three people who were the contestants and they were in the clouds in heaven and Alex is wearing wigs and the three people that he's talking to are Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman and the third person, oh gosh, who was the third person? RBG. Mm. And, And they were contestants and they were all just like smiling and hanging out and, you know, the other people that I would add to that. And I have been obsessed with all three of them. And, you know, I would put Gabe Grunwald hanging out with them too. And I don't know Aaron, but now I was like,
1: you better add him because he freaking loved Alex Trebek. If you do not invite him to that Alex Trebek party, you will be pissed. Okay.
0: Fine. also, I will do like a jeopardy off with him because like, depending (laughs) on the category, like I also crush jeopardy depending on the category. Um, So it brings me a lot of comfort or it has brought me a lot of comfort to think recently about the people who we've lost that are somehow connected to people that I know or people that I fake think I know through weird one way relationships like the relationship that I built with Gabe over two years. Um, But then came full circle when I got to interview her husband, Justin last week and, and hear him talk about Gabe and me ask him the same questions of what do you think happens after we die and mm-hmm. what was it like when Gabe passed and to hear him echo the same kind of sentiment that you just did, which was like, I don't know, but but it was okay. And like, I just felt like she was okay mm-hmm. and, and she she felt okay and, and that, that made me feel okay. Like, you know, the, the fear and the panic and the anxiety around it, like to every person that I've talked to about it so far who've, who've walked with someone through that, right? And watched them take those final breaths to the other side. Everyone so far has been like, it was okay. You know, and that, that has helped. Mm -hmm. That has helped, you know, and I have to do my own work around it. And I know
1: that. I think like one of the most interesting things about all these conversations is that like we talk about grief. I I mean, as if it's only just a post-death thing, you're grieving. You've been grieving since your first diagnosis ever in your life has two. No one has probably positioned it that way to you. The five stages of grief as presented by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross were meant for the dying, not for survivors, like not for, not for, you know, not for observers, not for the, you know, not for the griever. And, and I don't know. I just find that like, Somehow the conversation and I think a lot of it is toxic positivity has shifted from, well, like, you know, everybody uses people with terminal diagnoses as inspiration porn. People want to see Alison Haddon crush it. And like, look at what you did. Oh, you turned this into something. And like, there is an alchemy to it. And there's also a part of this that will always be wrong. That will always be unfair. That will always be absolute effing garbage. Like, it's not a good deal. It's not a good deal. You got a bad deal. It's not your first choice, not your first through fifth choice. It's not a choice. This is something that happened. And because of who you are, like you, you are able to move forward because the world keeps spinning. And also like, it's not all silver lining. Like there's still a cloud and like, that's okay. And I, want to you know our first conversation I was like but what about you (laughs) like like what about you
0: it's hard it's hard because you have the people you care about and you know that although it's not your fault I know it's not my fault I know how much pain the people I love are going to have to go through because of this and I also know, as I've also now heard it said back to me, that when I am gone, they will be forced to manage through their lives without me. And they are scared about that, and they are sad about that. And there is a weird thing of, yes, I'm going through this, but so are the people that I care about. And, you know, it's like everybody kind of has like a, well, what about me mm-hmm. in this? Right. And that like I think that's fair because I'm not the only one that's going through this. The people I love that are going to have to move on and and not move on but move forward when I'm gone. Like they are experiencing, we are experiencing the same thing through very, very different perspectives, kind of on the same but then sometimes different timelines. And it's really isolating for everybody mm-hmm. because everybody wants to go, well, what about
1: me? And oh yeah. And it's all, it's, it is all so different. This is all, this is not the same thing for anybody. Like someone, there's one mother who is losing a daughter. There's one father who's losing a daughter. There's one partner who's losing a partner. You have many friends who are, lo- who are losing the version of you that they know and that's, you are a different and had into all of them. So, and then there's you. Yeah. And then there's you. And then there's you. And so none of these perspectives, there's not one that is worth more than the other or is heavier than the other. They are so different and unknowable to everyone else. It is a completely different equation. And And I don't know. I just, I do want to make sure that, you know, that I I understand. And Aaron was the same with a lot of caretaking right up until the very end. And all I could think was like, who gives a shit about me, dude? Like, like you, I'm here for you. And it's just such a, it's such a, uh, you know, gift of the magi kind of thing. Like sell your watch to buy me a hair comb. I'll, I'll sell my hair to buy you a, a watch band. Like we're just, it's, that's what we're doing with our, our sadness and our grief for one another too. And, uh, um, I don't know, Allison, it's, I just, it's, it's a lot and it's a lot of things all at once and it's okay if it sucks too. You know,
0: yeah, I have a feeling as I start to think about it more, probably suck more. I've chosen not to have anything really suck recently, um, which has been great. But I'm sure as I start to move out of the surrealness of the situation, and and again, I mean, the weird effed up part of my situation is like,
1: I don't know, maybe I like
0: live another ten years. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think. I think the brain tumor situation that wasn't here three months ago that then showed up less than three months later, already pretty big. I don't think that's a good sign, right? But I also believe that if you're going to bet on anybody, you bet on me. You know, I also I also then think, does not matter about your mindset or how positive you are or whether or not you're eating? red meat or whatever, like this is, this is a freaking roll of the dice and good people die and people who fight really hard die and people who have great mindsets people who want to change the world and have an impact and are helpers and are always thinking about other people, they die, you know? And I'm very, very aware of that, you know? Um, So it's like, I really am. I believe I am living my truth now in an authentic way where I'm talking about living like there's no time to waste. I'm talking about crafting a life without regret. And I'm talking about maximizing moments in a 24 hour period by focusing on gratitude, human connection, and joy. Hard stuff, and I'm living it. Because I, in many ways right now, Partly because I'm in denial. Partly because I'm just not ready to face the reality of things. But in many ways, like, I am living my best life right now in 24-hour increments. And um, I don't believe there's any reason why everybody can't live like that. Because I'm doing it. And uh, is it a little bit of make-believe? For sure. Um, Am I not, like, planning for the future? Which, you know, for someone who would have, like kids and like a college fund or like a long-term career and setting it like, yeah, you know, there's a lot that I I don't have to worry about right now. But um, I have been feeling joy and gratitude and I have been living my life the way that I believe I should so that if I go to bed tonight, here at this awesome hotel where you are wearing one of my two pairs of slippers, because of the crops um, you know if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning like I'm okay I'm okay and I I want to feel like that every day you know so there is something about being very very in line with my truth right now that feels uh, that feels powerful and feels empowering and um, and feels very, very much like I am stepping into the life that I was meant to have. I just never would have, never would have signed this deal. Wow,
1: wow. I adore you. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for letting me do it twice.
0: So if you really want to maximize your moments, you could pitch in and help us get the word out. Just rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That's it. Oh, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss future episodes and bonus content. For more motivation, head to notimetowasteproject.com or join the squad on Instagram at notimetowasteproject. Grazie mille.